Welcome to Engage, the podcast show for business owners and managers who are passionate about developing people and growing a successful business. And now here's your host, Alistair Booth from the HR Booth. Welcome to Engage, the HR podcast for business owners and managers. My name is Alistair Booth and I'm your host for this podcast. Well, it's been another busy week in the world of HR and I wanted to use this episode just to share some details of last week's budget as there were a number of points that will impact on SME businesses in the UK. The main one is the new national living wage, which George Osborne announced would come into effect in April 2016. So I've been discussing that with clients over the last few days, mainly clients who are currently paying the national minimum wage of £6.50 or maybe some clients who are paying just slightly more than that, uh, but obviously less than the new proposed rate, which will come into effect next year. So the new proposed wage will be paid to all workers who are aged 25 and above. So initially it's going to be set at £7.20 per hour with a target of it reaching more than £9 an hour by 2020. Part-time and full-time staff will qualify for this new wage. And as you know, the current national minimum wage, which normally increases in October each year, was due to rise in October this year as planned. And that is still going to happen. Um, So for adult workers, that will be up to £6.70 per hour in October this year. Uh, And a lot of SME businesses had already forecast for, for this. And we're probably thinking it's going to be a year down the line before they have to look at anything regarding wages again. But obviously the budget last week has kind of put pay to that idea. So what is going to happen for businesses who pay on or around the minimum wage will have to pay £6.70 per hour in October this year, so in the next next few months. And then April next year, it's going to rise again to £7.20 per hour. So as you might be aware, there are various levels um, which are due to change in October. So it's all based on your your age bands. So, you know, kind of 16 to 18 year olds and, and, and and so on. So what I'll do is rather than cover this in the podcast, I'll add a little note on the show notes just in terms of what the current rates are and what's due to change in October this year. So you're fully aware of that. And I'll also add a link to what's going to happen around the, the new proposed rates in April next year. But effectively in April, April 2016, this new £7.20 per hour rate is only going to apply to workers who are 25 and over. So looking at some feedback from the last week or so since these um, changes were announced, um, according to the kind of research, it says that there are 6 million people who are expected to to benefit from, from this increase. However, there has been some comments made from you know around the office for budget responsibility that they anticipate that 60,000 um jobs could be affected um how accurate that is is difficult to predict um so i don't know how accurate that is uh, but i do know from speaking to some of the, the the business owners that we work with that some are concerned about the the increase especially as they're forecasting an increase for this year but also they're either going through at the moment or are due to kind of go through in the next few months auto enrollment regarding the pensions so that's already impacting on their operational costs and in, in terms of their staffing costs so th- these are a number of factors 
factors that small businesses are having to kind of contend with at the minute. And, you know, another increase in the, in the space of kind of nine months isn't something that they've kind of forecast for. So it is going to be quite significant for SME businesses or, you know, larger organisations who do pay kind of on or around the, the kind of minimum wage levels. I had a conversation with one business owner earlier this week and he kind of told me that this 11% pay rise, um, which is due to come in, you know, what he's kind of said is that he he will never, you know, in the next nine months, he won't see an 11% increase in his sales or productivity. So, you know, he's looked at his figures and, you know, there's just no way he has said that they'll have a seven, a, an 11% rise in, in sales. So, you know, to give staff members an 11% increase, you know, isn't going to be kind of viable for, for him. So that's one kind of comment, I guess, that I've had. Um, others, you know, are, are concerned, perhaps haven't been as negative, but, the, you know, they are concerned about the, the increases that, that are coming. So some questions we've been asked is, you know, what rate of pay will under 25s get? So the lowest amount that can be paid under the national minimum wage um, has already been set. So that's already there and that will be in the, in the show notes for you to refer to. Uh, but what the Treasury have argued around is that the priority is to secure work and gain experience for this for this group. So that's why they've been excluded from this kind of new national living wage that's been, been promoted. Now, some of you may be aware that there is already what's classed as a living wage, uh, but at the moment, the living wage is not a legal requirement. And the rate that's kind of been bandied around for the living wage recently is £7.85 per hour. So obviously, this new proposed rate by George Osborne last week is going to be less than that um, rate that the living wage is set at. But the living wage at the moment is what's classed as an informal benchmark. So it's not legally enforceable. Uh, however, it is a kind of minimum level of pay which has been promoted by the Living Wage Foundation. And what they do is they, cal they calculate that based on the level of pay that gives workers enough for a basic standard of living. So the £7.85 per hour is what they've classed as a sustainable rate of income for people to achieve and not, you know, have to be in poverty. And that rate is actually set at £9.15 per hour if you live in London. So some companies at the moment do agree to kind of pay at least that amount. And they've taken that decision to pay the living wage um, just because it's something that they believe is ethical and the right thing to do. So it's not something they're forced to do, but some companies have, have chose to kind of sign up to the Living Wage Foundation and kind of promote that as, as something that, you know, they, they recognise and something that they promote. And they get quite a bit of recognition for it. And, you know, we've worked with a couple of businesses who, you know, are happy to fly that flag and, you know, promote the fact that they're a living wage employer. Um, one company we worked with uh, about 18 months ago who were really ahead of the times was Get It Done Cleaning. So Derek Cowan, the managing director there, uh, before he set off on his, on his travels, he was a big promoter of the living wage and... Get It Done Cleaning were actually the first company or certainly the first cleaning company in Scotland to be accredited and I was, you know, they were really ahead of the trend. Derek believed that paying people a higher rate than the national minimum wage made his people more productive. He employed around about 35 cleaners. So whilst the people were more productive, they were more engaged in terms of what he was doing in the business. But what we also found when we looked at it is that people stayed longer. And so there wasn't, you know, a kind of high turnover of staff. This meant that Derek and his company could reduce their recruitment costs, but also the customers were more happy because 
they were having the same cleaner on a regular basis. There wasn't a high turnover of staff. So whilst there was an increase in Derek's wage costs for, for, for the, the staff, what he did find is there was a number of benefits that off, offset that. And that's, you know, that's the feedback that a lot of companies who have already signed up to the Living Wage Foundation and that accreditation uh, believe in. And we, we're also working with a care company who already pay above the current living wage. Um, and through a business update we had with them recently, uh, you know, I kind of mentioned the Living Wage Foundation and it wasn't something they were aware of. So they're now in the process of, of being accredited to that because, again, it's a good way for them to attract other care workers to come and work in their organisation. So it's a great incentive to attract talent to your business but also to, to retain talent so if you haven't already signed up to the living wage foundation and it is something that you you believe in and you're already paying above the national uh, living wage which you know isn't a enforceable amount as i've said if you're already kind of paying above that at the minute then it might be something you want to want to look at and again if it's not something you're doing just now but something you think you should be doing then you know now's a great time to do it before this legal directive comes in around the, the new national wage of seven pounds 20 so rather than kind of being forced to do it if you want to get ahead of your competition and show that you're a caring employer you really believe in, in you know valuing your staff and paying a good wage then now's the time to kind of look at that and see if it's something that you can do just get ahead of your competition so I'll add a note to the, the show notes, uh, just a, a, you know, a link to, to, to their website around the Living Wage Foundation, just for you to have a look at and see if that's something that you would, you would like to get involved with. Some comments on their website will include you know, the fact that it's an hourly rate that's set independently and it's something they update on an annual basis. The living wage is calculated according to the basic cost of living in the UK. Um, and it's up to employers whether they want to pay that living wage on a voluntary basis. Um, it does enjoy quite a bit of kind of political party support um, so you know, there's been public backing from the Prime Minister and you know the other parties uh, and certainly in Scotland it's something that Nicola Sturgeon is, is you know very keen to promote as part of the, the SNP leadership um, and, and you know the Living Wage Foundation they promote the fact that living wage is good for business it's good for the individual and it's good for society and again a lot of companies who are now bidding for you know public service work for example are quite often asked that question are they a living wage employer and i guess if, if you can demonstrate that you are then you could potentially get more business from it if it's something that you're already doing so it's definitely worth having a look at as i said check that out in the show notes but definitely worth having a look at and see if it's something that you could implement in your your own business so getting back to the new national living wage which is going to come out in, in april next year so you know, that figure, as I said, has been set at £7.20 per hour. Um, and, you know, some feedback I've had from, from clients over the last few days is when will that change again? So, you know, is it going to be April every year now or is it will it move back to October? back to October so you know are they looking to potentially have an increase up to £7.20 in April next year with another increase in, in the October so you know no, no specific kind of answers on that as yet but the way it will be calculated is that the government will ask the low pay commission who currently kind of recommend the, the settings for the national minimum wage to suggest a figure so what they'll do is they'll kind of look at a figure so indications are that it will be April 2017 when that will happen so I think it'll be unlikely there'll be an increase again in October next year um, so it looks like you know potentially it's going to be April each year but I'll keep you posted on that and that's certainly something we'll share either on the on the podcast or in the in the blog. The Chancellor also said last week that he has an 
ambition to get this new national living wage up by 2020, you know, so he's kind of proposing that will go up to £9 an hour in the next kind of four, four, four years. So from, you know, 2016 when it's launched, he's anticipating that it will rise to £9 per hour in a four-year period. So £7.20 April 2016. And by 2020, in the four years um, after that, looking at £9 an hour. So I guess, you know, what does that mean for, for you as a, as a business owner? Well, you know, some feedback, you know, the, the CBI said last week they think it's a gamble and will cause problems for small business. Areas that are going to be affected, you know, is, is going to be a lot of the, the kind of retailers, supermarkets, hospitality sector, service industry, contact centre industry. So, you know, generally it's these these areas that do kind of pay the national minimum wage at the moment. So, you know, these are the areas that are going to be um, affected. So, that, you know, CBI kind of said last week that 11% increase on the, the current rate is undoubtedly going to have an impact on... You know, business, they feel it's certainly going to have a positive impact on, on workers, which, you know, is, is great for them. But time will tell whether it has an impact on, on jobs. And, and I'm a great believer, you know, if you engage your people in the right way, regardless of, you know, what you're paying, you know, communicate properly, have the right processes in place to manage performance, then you will get that kickback in, in productivity. So, you know, certainly speaking to some clients this week, you know, my, my view would be if it's, you know, we're going to have to do it in April, regardless of what you're paying. If you're a national minimum wage employer at the minute, come April next year, you're going to have to pay it. So, you know, the view I would take is, do you want to get in ahead of that if you can afford it to show your employees that it's something that you believe in rather than kind of, you know, having to do it. So, you know, the feedback from your staff could be, well, we'll only get in a, we'll only get this increase because you have to do it so it's finding a balance and you know as i said earlier in the in the podcast a lot of businesses are having to go through the the auto enrollment process at the minute so that's having a huge impact so it's, it's tough for business so you've got to kind of weigh it up and and do the kind of financials around it and see what's going to work for your business and what you can generally afford but you know come april next year if you are a minimum wage employer you are going to have to increase your, your rates to seven pounds 20 per hour some of the things that we've been involved with over the last few days is working with clients with um, some forecasting around it. So we're looking at the current wage structures, looking at some forecasting. Um, so I would urge all business owners to, to do the same and, you know, really good practice to engage with your accountant just to make sure that you are properly prepared. Uh, some of the stuff that we've been doing this week as well, certainly with some of our larger clients who, you know, do kind of pay minimum wage at the moment, we're you know, just making sure that they've got the right staffing levels as well. So looking to make sure they've got the right people scheduled to work at the right time. So it's an opportunity when you're doing your forecasting just to look at the kind of flexibility of your workforce, you know, making sure that you've got all your shifts covered. If people are on kind of fixed shifts, you know, is that something you could review and look at any kind of flexibility? And, you know, going through that process, you know, just might mean your business is more productive, which can offset some of the, the costs that are going to be attached to this increase. So good practice that you're having to kind of do your staffing forecasts at the minute anyway. So why not have a look at that flexibility and just make sure that you have got people kind of where you need them to be, working the right hours, servicing your customers and, you know, adding some value to your to your business. So hopefully that just gives you a flavour of what's coming in the next few months. And it gives an indication of some of the things we've been doing with, with our clients over the last few days since this, this was announced. And we'll certainly be continuing to be proactive with clients um, over the coming weeks with some of the site visits that we do. Um, and it'd be great to hear from any other businesses just if you're doing anything different around that in terms of, you know, what your planning process is going to look like. So if there is any kind of good practice you're happy to share, then, then please do get in touch. 
So that brings us to the end of um, this latest podcast. I, th- I just thought with the, the announcement being so recent, it was a good opportunity just to share that with you. Um, if you want to get in touch, you can do so through the normal places. So you can visit me uh, via the website, www.thehrbooth.co.uk. You can reach me on email, and my email address is alistair.booth at thehrbooth.co.uk. And you can also contact me via Twitter, and the username there is at thehrbooth. So thanks again for listening. I hope you enjoyed this this episode. And if you've got any comments that you'd like to, to leave regarding this podcast or any previous podcast, then that would certainly be much appreciated. So till next time, thanks again.